I'm Katie Lazarus, and this is Employee of the Month. I've always wanted to be a Muppet like anyone else with a pulse, but I was really grateful and excited that I had the opportunity to meet Kevin Clash. He's the Muppeteer most famous for doing Elmo, and he came to my live show at the 92Y Tribeca to share his experience. Kevin is one of a handful of phenomenally successful puppeteers, and by handful, I don't mean just a small hand, but I mean a hand with five fingers or fewer fingers. He's just had one of the most riveting careers. He started so young. He's performed on every stage imaginable. The caliber of talent he works with in terms of actors and directors and puppet production is so high. I think the most important part of his career is that he's performed for everyone because they've wanted to have him there. They've wanted to have Elmo there. So whether it's the president of the United States or a terminally ill child whose last wish is to meet Elmo, that to me is the pinnacle of success. That everyone, no matter who it is, they want to know you or be in a room with you. Kind of awesome because of the work that you do, not because of who you know or anything else. But that's just me personally. Anyways, I hope you are as excited to hear from him. I also just want to articulate how physically grueling and painful puppeteering is because he never lets on. But if you've ever tried to tweeze your eyelashes out, which I hope you have not, and if you have, you should probably go see a psychiatrist. But that's the level of pain of, of doing it. It's really unglamorous. It's really tough. There's a new documentary out called Being Elmo, A Puppeteer's Journey. It's in theaters. It'll be in on PBS. You can check your local listings. You can also check out the website, beingelmo.com, to find out exactly where you can see Being Elmo, A Puppeteer's Journey, to give you a deeper sense of his personal experience. But here he is talking with us and sharing part of that experience. I want to bring onto the stage our next guest, the phenomenal Muppeteer, Kevin Clash, and his friend, Elmo. Please welcome Kevin Clash and Elmo. Hi, everybody. Um, Kevin, you are a phenomenon. And I'm so excited to have you here. I've read your book, and I also read um, The Gang, that book. Did yes. you ever see that one? Sesame Gang. Sesame yes. Sesame Street Gang. And I just saw your documentary, which is coming out in October, Being Elmo, The Journey of a Puppeteer. And I think what I was most struck about in all of these things was how early on you began creating puppets and learning every single part of what it means to be a puppeteer. Um, and so I wanted to know if you could just tell... One story, maybe the one about your dad's coat, if you wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, I, I think it was about nine. Um, there was a lining uh, in one of my dad's trench coats, and, and I got this idea to pull it out and make a puppet out of it. And I made a monkey puppet uh, named Mondi. And I didn't really realize what I had done until after I had done it. I politely put it on my mom and dad's dresser and hid. So my dad came home, saw it, took it to my mom, and they talked a little bit, and he found me. And he said, uh, what's his name? And I said, Mondi. And he said, next time, ask. 
So I'm, I'm still living to tell the story <laughs> of, uh, of that incident. Were your parents, um, have, were they as hard workers as you are? Because when I look at your schedule and when I hear what you're up to, it's insane. Well, um, my, my father was the handyman in the neighborhood, and my mom was a daycare mom, so that really came in handy. Uh, when I when I started getting into making you know doing shows live shows and stuff like that and and uh, I would try the show out on my mom's uh, uh, daycare kids and if one crawled away or two crawled away while I was doing one song I would pull that out of the show and, uh, so they and were my critics it. at the beginning yeah you talked a lot about performing in the neighborhood and experiencing a lot of success and you know some challenges around it but what I was sort of I don't know, intrigued by that your classmates named you most likely to become a millionaire? Yeah. I was just, because I was like, poetry, puppetry, and modern dance, like they just don't seem like things that will no, launch that, someone that to be a millionaire. No, everybody you were, was, you know, mostly everybody was into sports and music, playing the drums and stuff like that. You started really young. You made tons of puppets yourself. You yeah, started at, at the age of uh, about 10 building puppets and and uh, then got into performing them as I got older, and then incorporating them into different types of, um, you know, in school, as far as using, using the puppets to help me uh, <laughs> with my grades, because I wasn't too good in school. And then gradually, you know, people saw what I was doing and actually helped a, a friend that worked with the principal, saw what I'd done and talked to a newspaper, and the newspaper came and interviewed. And, and that's how I really, I mean, started getting into local television through wonderful local personalities. Uh, Stu Kerr, he saw me at um, a fair, heritage fair, and, and uh, asked my parents would uh, be interested in auditioning for a show, a local show with him. And so through him, I got to uh, work on Captain Kangaroo. Yes, I wanted to hear, because that was the first uh, educational kid show that uh, I think my age group uh, grew up. I'm obviously 18, but... Um, <laughs> that we grew up on was Captain Kangaroo and the Great Space Coaster. And it's like, it's almost surreal for me to be standing or sitting near someone who knows Gary Gnu. Oh, yeah. Well, Great Space Coaster was another show yeah. that I started doing uh, through my next mentor, who was Kermit Love, who actually helped design and build uh, Snuffy and Big Bird for Sesame Street. So I just want to, because these are all names that you may not know, um, Kermit Love was a phenomenal puppet designer and instrumental in creating the Muppets in Sesame Street and your mother called him? Yeah, there was a show that was on uh, the local PBS station called Call It Macaroni and it was a really cool show where it had um, two kids, a boy and a girl, that would spend a day with somebody in a profession and so the show happened to um, these two kids happened to go around and hang out with Kermit. Yeah. And uh, I saw the show and, and said to my mom, I really would like to meet him. And so she kept calling the local PBS station. And finally... Um, Are you sure uh, your mom's not Jewish? <laughs> I think she's half <laughs> at this point. I know definitely she's half. <laughs> um, so through the persistence of her, Kermit called and said, listen, uh, whenever Kevin's in New York look him up and I did I went up in my uh, senior year and met him they had already cast for Sesame Street at that point but he said I'll keep you in mind and he did I did a couple of uh, projects with him and then he got me on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade yes uh, because that was a year that the Muppet movie had come out and so all of the main puppeteers were going to be which, um, which of the Muppet movies that was the first one yeah 
So they needed extra puppeteers for the Sesame Street float. So we asked my mom, you know, would I be able to do it? And I, I said, you know, she said yes. So I got to go up. And that's when I met Jim Henson for the first time. They normally have a party in Macy's after the parade is over and all the celebrities and everybody get to go. So across a crowded room, I met, you know, the person that I always wanted to meet. I was also so impressed that you met him and he knew who you were and Kermit helped facilitate that. And yeah. by Kermit, I want to be clear that I'm not talking about <laughs> the frog yet. Um, but it is a great name. Kermit Love is a great... Great name. It's just... A, I mean, it sounds like a cartoon character. Um, well, if you guys know about theater, Kermit's background was uh, designing costumes for uh, George Balanchine. Um, so that was a lot of... He did that for years and years and years and was very successful with that before getting into building Muppets with Jim. This is completely tangential, but I, I did notice you were a very good dresser as a kid. Uh, you. Oh, no. Not my, my mom did that. Oh, okay. I was like, no, she, you could have gone she, into fashion. No, yeah. we were very lucky because um, my, my, my dad, my brother, and I, we all had the same size foot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we could we cha- we'd switch shoes, you know, pairs of shoes, and everybody thought we were rich because we, we were coming with different shoes on I love every it. other day. We <laughs> no. were just lucky that way. I, just because you had mentioned he did balancing, I thought you guys could design for anything based on your designing these Muppets and your sense of style. But we'll just thank your mom for that. Um, <laughs> but so you met Jim Henson, and then there were these periods where you would be asked to do, which you had said was your dream job, but you couldn't take it because you had other commitments. I was so impressed that you didn't just take it. Well, yeah, when I did meet Jim for the first time at Macy's, I had two local shows at that station that, that I worked with with and Stu. Can you tell the audience how old you were at that point when you had your two I had to be shows? in my teens. I had to be like uh, uh, 17, 18. And so um, I had pictures of, you know, the different characters of the local you know shows that I was doing. And so when Jim met me, he asked me, could I stay up the next day and we could talk? And of course, I wanted to say yes, because Jim was asking me. But Kermit said, no, he, he really can't because he has two other shows that he has to go back and do once Thanksgiving is over. And so... Uh, you know, you can set up something later, and so we did. But it wasn't, it seemed like it wasn't that quick. It seemed like No, it wasn't were, that quick. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. No, I'm squashing it together, but <laughs> okay. it, it wasn't that quick. No. I was mystified and uh, admiring and terrified by your schedule. I remember there was one part where you were on two shows. If you could just go over the hours you spent at one show oh, and the well, other, um, and then you were making puppets at night while living with yeah, another puppeteer. Yeah, what happened is I, I, uh, I was doing Captain Kangaroo, uh, in the morning from 8.30 to uh, 1, have lunch 1 to 2, have to get over to the Great Space Coaster that I was shooting, and we would shoot that from uh, from 2 to 6, and then I would pre-record the songs for the Great Space Coaster from, from 6 to 12 midnight. Then from um, midnight to about 5 o'clock in the morning, I was building the puppets for Captain Kangaroo. And uh, the next day I would do Sesame Street, and then the, the, the next afternoon I would do Great Space Coaster. So I'm this getting overheated. I feel like I'm going and to I was, menopause I was, early just hearing I think this. I just turned 20. Great Space Coaster, it, um, it went away. Captain Kangaroo was canceled after 29 seasons. And um, I had to stop doing Sesame Street because of the other two shows. And so um, Jane Henson, uh, Jim's... That's uh, Jim Henson's wife. Yeah, Jim Henson's wife called me back and said, listen, would you be interested in doing the show again and I said sure definitely and I went back I did Sesame Street 80, 81 stopped in 81 and went back around um, 84 and, and uh, that's when I 
I was asked to do Dark Crystal and I had to say no. So Dark Crystal was a, a Muppet movie that was going on at the same time. It was a movie that Jim had always wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, the people that were around him said, you, you must do the Muppet movie first because that's really popular. So I, I had to say no to doing Dark Crystal, unfortunately, because I, I would have lost the two series yeah. for a movie. Um, which I, again, I wanted to say, yes, I'll do it. Yes. And Kermit said, no, you can't do that. I mean, it's extraordinary that A, Kermit Love, who was working for Jim, was able to help you in that way and still look out for what is appropriate and right well, for was, you. Well, I've been very lucky in, in all the years that I've been doing this. I have some great mentors. You know, I've been very lucky that way. And then I, th- I thought what was beautiful in the film is that at the, a young kid comes who has the same obsession with um, making oh. puppets. You were such a good mentor to other to other young kids. Well, I what was really see. wild about that is is um, we were really down to the wire of having to finish this doc to submit it to Sundance. Yeah. And um, last minute, Connie said, you know, we need to end with a child like you. And uh, what was really wild is Leslie uh, Carrero, who's a wonderful puppeteer who performs um, Abby Cadabby, she was in Atlanta doing a live show, and there was a little boy in the audience that had a puppet on, a little African-American kid, and um, I prefer she black. said, okay, black. <laughs> I was trying to be politically correct, but that didn't happen. So, um, and I'm black. No, I'm just, okay. So, as I was saying, um, she saw this, and she said, that's you. She said, that's you. And she called me up. She said, you got to meet this kid. And I, I would like to um, just show a clip first before we segue into Elmo of um, this is the last public appearance that Jim Henson made. And I remember being at home and, and watching this on Yeah, it was two weeks prior television. to his passing. Yeah, and, and you came on to Arsenio. Yeah, um, there was a new show that we were doing called The Jim Henson Hour. And he wanted me to create a new character. And he helped me with creating this character called Clifford. And then he, he was nice enough to say, listen, I'm doing the Arsenio All Show. And he said, not only do I want you to come on with me, at some point I want you to come out as yourself like I am. Uh, and so he was very giving and very generous that way. Well, God bless you. <laughs> what did you do before you started working with Kermit? I was a sponge, man. What, what does it look like? I <laughs> mean to be disrespectful, you know? No. I'm just trying to, you know, get some laughs out here. <laughs> be yourself, man. You know, be Kermit yourself. is cool, you know? What, what, what kind he of boss get a laugh man? just looking at him, looking at him. <laughs> well, now, now, be nice. Be no, nice. man, no, that's, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> now, what kind of boss is Kermit? Yeah. Well, you know, Kermit, Kermit's real cool. Yeah. But not too smart sometimes. I mean, you know, for years, the little dude has been going out with the pig. You know? I mean, how intelligent can you be? Clifford, what's your last name? (laughs) Why do you want to know? He got you over there, Clifford. They say what? Yes, he got you. Seriously, because I don't see that Muppets don't have last names. (laughs) Oh, really? No, really, no, no. We we try to keep it personal. Sure. (laughs) You know, you don't need to know my last name. Just call me Clifford. Okay. Yeah, see, do do like this. Clifford. And I think that this was a great segue because Jim Henson, of course, passed so soon after. And Sesame Street also faced some challenges later where the demographic was getting younger in terms of the viewers. And there was one person who somehow, well, I shouldn't say person. That's gender specific and normative in a way that's not fair to today's youth. 
there was someone who was able to reinvigorate Sesame Street in a way that was extraordinary. Hello, Miss Katie. It's nice to meet you. (laughs) Hi, everybody. I just wanted to ask some questions from kids for Elmo. Um, Rosie from Ohio wanted to know, do you ever get nervous when you interview celebrities? Does Elmo ever get nervous? No. That's Ro- about it. <laughs> Romy, uh, who's two and a half, Roman. Roman? Roman wanted to know, te gusta ladybugs? What? Te gusta ladybugs. Do you like ladybugs? Does Elmo love ladybugs? Elmo loves ladybugs. Rowan wanted to ask, why are you so red? He's from Budapest. <laughs> Elmo had nothing to do with that. <laughs> two people got together and made Elmo. And what about um, his brother, Charlie, who's five, who's also in Budapest, want to know where you learned to dance? Where did Elmo learn to dance? <laughs> you know, Elmo just feels the music, and Elmo just goes with it. You know what's so funny is I can't dance to save my life. <laughs> but I can make a puppet dance. <laughs> How about this one, which I, I can't believe a two-year-old wrote this. How do you feel that Reaganomics has affected our current fiscal situation? Say that again? How do you feel that Reaganomics has affected our current fiscal situation? Rosie, age two, Brooklyn. All right, what does Elmo eat for yes, dinner? what's about it? <laughs> <laughs> Elmo loves wasabi. That's why Elmo has no eyelids. <laughs> how do you learn how to move your mouth so well? Ooh, that sounded a little inappropriate, but I just meant as a, as a puppet. <laughs> it's okay. Elmo will PG it right now. <laughs> Practice. Practice. Oh, so that means work. You're telling me I got to do yes. work? Oh, yes. That sucks. Just take some time, that's all. Okay, that's what I'll do then. I'll work on that. Who does your hair, by the way? Oh, well, Elmo has a bunch of people. Oh, tell us about that. Do you I have any like people? Uh, I have imaginary people. I have an imaginary boyfriend. No, Elmo has real people. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a fun moment that happened, uh... Years ago on the air, on the airplane, I was, I was marking my scripts and a flight attendant had come over and said, you work for Sesame Street? I said, yeah, I do work for Sesame Street. What do you do? I, well, I direct and I, I perform. And what do you perform? I said, Elmo? Oh, listen, we're, we're close to being able to say we're going to taxi. Would you go up and say something on the mic? Because there's a lot of kids. <laughs> and so I did. I said, okay. I'll do. And so I went up and said... Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's almost time for you to land. So all of Elmo's friends, please make sure that you have your seatbelts bucket button. And, and, and all that stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, it was really funny because all of the people that were on the aisle were looking out. <laughs> and I came out and they said, ah. <laughs> so they, Speaking of which, I mean, do you like the anonymity? Yes, um, yes, I yeah. do. Well, because, I mean, it's not a matter that I like it. I mean, I never thought about anything other than, you know, performing a, a, a puppet. I, I, you know, it, it's acting, but it's not showing your face. So that was never a part of it. I like know. the emotional distance also of not being so exposed. But I just meant because you are an icon all over the world. I mean, there's no one who doesn't know who Elmo is. And so I, meant, I sort of meant, you know, you have the, it's almost like you have an alter ego. Yeah. 
and that's as far as it goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I keep it. See, she's trying to know. Do you use that to get? No, I don't know. No. Once in a while, I, you know, I'm, I'm a foodie. You know, it's, it's different than saying, well, Denzel Washington would like to come to the restaurant. You know. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't get it. Because it's, it's, I know Elmo's a puppet. What are you talking about? You know? so. <laughs> um, are there other things you would like to do in the future? I mean, what's sort of neat is that you've done and are doing so many things. You are directing. You mentioned you also scout, I believe, for other puppeteers. Yeah, I scout around the world for, for all yeah. the different co-productions of Sesame Street and uh, train the puppeteers and stuff like that. Now, I want to get into directing more film. I know someone who would love uh, to have a director, so <laughs> I'll put you guys in touch. You guys She's can do cutie. lunch after. Elmo became so popular, and I, I mean, when the Elmo doll came out and no one could get a hold of it, there was a funny story about people calling like Rosie and Whoopi trying oh, well, to Whoopi get. Whoopi was the funniest because around the Tickle Me Elmo um, craze, which was around that time, uh, Whoopi came up to me and gave me this invoice, this bill. And I said, what's that for? She said, I tried to get two of these dolls, and this woman ripped out two of my dreads, and I had to get them put back in. I'm giving you the bill. So. That's awesome. <laughs> no, but it was amazing. I mean, nobody knew. I was actually out at a um, Baby Depot with my daughter, and you know, taking her in the cart, and I was in the store, and I bought it for Shannon, took it home, and I, I started hearing from the... From the de- Shannon's from his the, daughter. Short, yeah, He's Shannon's my daughter. Yeah. From the merchandising department of Sesame Street, saying that Toys R Us was saying at the end of that week uh, it was going to be the number one selling toy for them. And then analysts that knew about toys were saying it was going to be the number one selling toy for Christmas. Now, all of that, I don't, I don't know anything about. That sounds really good. But it was wonderful because it puts the show in the forefront. Yes. And it keeps the show going. And allows by, it to compete with you know, Nickelodeon. And, well, it just and, allows um, it to channels. stay on. <laughs> yes. For that matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love all those shows. And, but it's still, it's still a staple that... that um, that parents really find to be safe for their children. Yeah. Not only safe for their children, but it's very nostalgic for them. Does aging change the voice of Elmo in any way? You know? No, you just find um, ways of learning how to keep it or, or how to take care of it okay. to a certain extent. I mean, I know when I do audio, it's about three hours that I can do, and then that's it for that day. I just want to thank you for coming, and I really cannot thank you enough. Kevin Clash, Elmo, and Katie Lazarus, thank you all very, very much. Oh, wow, yes. You might notice. Elmo's so glad we had this time together Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started And before you know it Comes the time we have to say, Elmo has no ears. Elmo loves you. Bye-bye. Fabulous. Thanks for tuning in to Employee of the Month. To find out more, you can go to the website, employeeofthemonthshow.com, where you can get information about upcoming live shows and also download other podcasts. You can find these on iTunes, Sirius, or SoundCloud. Spread the word, and if you can, please donate. There's no donation too small or too big. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and thank you for listening, and don't forget to get your parking ticket validated. 